from the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Coalfield and Company. Thank God it's... As an American, I'm no longer muzzled. The CDC yesterday, President Biden, we can all take off our mask indoors, baby. We can all do it. All right, let's get to it. It's time for The Three, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. Well, that was a sudden change. I mean, you know, it's we've been getting close to it, but big news yesterday, big news around Vegas. No more mask indoors. Everyone can take off their mask. That's awesome. Yeah, that wasn't, that's not what happened. What do you mean? Everyone can take off their mask. Yeah, that's not what happened. That's not what was announced. That's not what was ruled. That's what's going to happen. That's going to be the result. Exactly. So let's deal with reality. No one is wearing masks anymore. Right. It's over. In fact, I would I would imagine the only people that are are going to be people that are vaccinated that are still concerned like that, that will be who is, but yes, if you are not vaccinated, you're there's no change yesterday. Nothing happened that should affect you and your habits yesterday. You oh, should boy. still be wearing a mask everywhere you go. So you are a blue check bro or a Corona bro, Adam Hill. Still no, gonna be wearing a mask. that's what the ruling was. Not my decision. Well, frankly, let, let's deal with reality. How will you know? Exactly. How we know we are, we already had a situation where it was incredibly difficult for a long time to get people to wear the mask inside, and it was almost like you needed a security guard, like an armed security guard, out front at different businesses. What are they going to do? Employ someone? You're going to you're going to stand in line and, and show a vax card? It's not going to happen. Oh, it should be on your phone. Is it? it should be like a, a, it should be she should have a QR code that you can uh, that you can show and that you can. How do I get that? You. How do I get I, that? I, I mean, you should. You don't. There's nothing now. That's oh. how it should be. Yeah. Um, and by the way, like people, because for so long people said, why was there no change? Like, if you're vaccinated, there's no change to the policy. Why is that the case? This is why. It's the it's the enforcement. It's now you're putting pressure on businesses. Like, if you if you go into a restaurant today, you should have everybody that's vaccinated be fine to walk in, no mask, and be good. And everybody that's not wearing masks, like that's how it should be. And then if you're in a store, like that's how it should be. But you're putting the pressure on the business now to to try to monitor that, which is insane. And that's why they took so long to put this out. And what they did yesterday, they made this announcement for really one reason. Yeah. Um, one, they're co- I mean, well, two reasons. One, they're confident in the science. And, and if you read a lot of the studies on the vaccine and, and the transmission and everything else, it's, it's to the point where there's now been like six very thorough studies. They're they're very very secure, very confident. But the other reason was it's a you know it's a carrot for those that haven't been vaccinated yet to say, hey look, this is what your life can be if you go do it. The problem is they're not going to enforce it, and now you're just going to let people go back to normal without getting vaccinated, and it's going to be a mess. I, I mean, I guess as stupid as it is and as bad as it is and as annoyed as I was when I first saw it, you know, bravo to Ohio. Like, that's what you have to do, I guess. You have to bribe Maybe. everyone with a chance to win a million dollars. 
Yeah, or like New Jersey, give them a beer. Shot in a beer, yeah. Lower standards yeah. in Jersey, lower standards in Erie yeah. County, upstate New York. Uh, we don't need a million dollars. Just give us a beer. Exactly. And and by the way, like I, you know, I I know that we at times, and especially me and, and Ari, is have been painted as you know don't want to get back to normal, whatever. Like I am one million percent for full capacity at all concerts, events, venues, sporting events, everything. Right. If if everybody proves vaccination. 100% for it. Yeah. Like, let's go. Let's get let's get back. Like it's it's time, but everybody has to prove to be vaccinated. And so if let's you're not, talk about, then stay at home. Let's talk about this, Adam. Uh Mick Akers at your paper just tweeted out fans attending Golden Knights playoff games at T-Mobile Arena will still need to wear masks per mm-hmm. NHL protocol. The yeah. NHL trumps the federal government. If I'm well, vaccinated, I don't I don't want to wear a mask at the game. Well, there, there was no federal like law anyway which is it was guidelines and then states implemented what they wanted to but you but um, you understand but you understand you know this the problems that arise that's from Eric Tosi PR guy I walk up to the game and I'm like hey I'm fully vaccinated or I lie that I'm fully vaccinated I'm not wearing a mask what do you mean I have to wear a mask CDC said I don't have to wear a mask inside and that encounter right there you know pretend encounter me and uh you know ticket taker whatever you know they don't really take tickets anymore but someone working the entrance that's going to go down all over the place of course it is this what you set up here is a very confusing scenario for both the patron and the worker and anyone out there who's like oh corona bros i don't know where you work but i know people who work in the service industry and their business may not agree with the mask off, even for vaccinated folks, and they're going to, on a daily basis, have to try to enforce their rules and get their chops busted. In fact, I know someone who's like when the person who was with me left this morning, she's like, here we go. Here we go. It's, it's every day. And listen, I talk to, um, you know, in fact, some of the people that watch our late night happy hour get to see uh, every Monday. When I'm if I'm leaving T-Mobile from doing the podcast there, like I get I get to talk to security people there, and you know you hear, you know every every Monday I'll say hey how was how was it tonight how was your night, and I'm just asking how their night was, um, not not about you know mass or anything like that. I'm just saying, hey how'd your night go, and every single week without fail it's a different it's always a different security guard but they always have the same story. Well, the fights about the mass won't stop. And we had to kick, you know, four people out tonight. We had to kick three people out tonight. Tonight it was seven, whatever it is. And and they, they, they won't stop. And that's when it was that's when it was mandated. So what's it gonna be like now when people are like, yeah, but they said stop it. Everybody can have their own rules. The NHL has their own rule. You're gonna have to follow it. And by the way, the I don't know. I'm sure there is people. I don't know of anybody in the in the media who's not. Uh, I mean, and I don't mean media in general. I mean media that cover the Golden Knights. Um, but we still do in the press box, and we're separate. We're, we have six feet. I think they're bringing it down to three now for the playoffs. But you know, we're spread out in the in the press box very well, but still mass and still mass during the playoffs. And 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 despite everybody being vaccinated, and that's fine. Like that's the rule. We'll do it. Let's talk about the Knights next. Aaron Millard, who's on the games for AT&T Sportsnet, is up. And we'll get into the mask a little bit, but also uh, how the playoffs set up here and the 
Knights are going uh, to start the playoffs on Sunday and then to Monday for games one and two. And we'll talk about the last week and how that happened. Could have had home ice, could have been the number one seed, could have won the division. It didn't happen. Nova Home Loans brings you the three. It's a refi raid at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Wow, a lot of breaking news. We saw the uh, CDC stuff yesterday with the mask indoors for fully vaccinated folks. Going to be an issue uh, across all professional sports and the athletes themselves and their facilities and their arenas. A lot of stuff to work out and not a whole lot of time for the NHL because the playoffs are starting. So Golden Knights are up on Sunday and then again on Tuesday with the first two games against the Wild, Darren Millard. Is our guy on Fridays. Darren, what's up, buddy? Hey, can I ask you a question? Yes. <laughs> the, the commercial. <laughs> Why is Adam laughing already? That's not that's not a good sign. Hey, the commercial that we played uh, coming into the segment, weed sellers. Is it weed like with a D, sellers, or what's what's that product? It is weed. No, no. Yes. W e e d. Okay. And then sellers like T e l l a r s. Uh, it's weed sellers, and they sell bourbon, wine, and beer sounds awesome but i always think weed uh as something else and then sure. uh, the, the the alcohol so i always get confused when i listen and i and i every time i listen i want to get it clarified so now i'm taking the opportunity to uh distract you and uh, and clarify so take we, that adam we embrace equality and diversity i love we i love that oh, okay yeah. yeah it's very because uh, i was good. thinking something totally it uh, something uh like cbd or or something sure. else like that. It does say <laughs> in the commercial, though, Darren, it is not a marijuana product. It it, it does, but I'm still confused, Adam. Okay, that's like fair I, enough. I'm uh, I'm confused about uh, something in the NHL, Darren. Why on earth are there regular season games next week? Because it's a COVID year, and <laughs> you still like teams still have to finish their season, and so they have two options. Uh, they can. Uh, just shelf those games and have some teams, even though they're, they're not going to make the playoffs, it's not going to impact the playoffs, uh, uh, play a, a shortened schedule. Or or they can uh, push the whole, I guess there's three options. They can push all the playoffs back and, and wait till that uh, that situation gets resolved in Canada and the Vancouver Canucks and the Calgary Flames finish up their season. Or they can start and, and run the playoffs parallel uh, in the United States to the end of the regular season in Canada. And I, I think they found a good, happy medium there. The playoffs in, in the North Division in Canada aren't going to start until that regular season ends. They're going to they're gonna turn it around pretty fast because I think the regular season will end on Wednesday afternoon and the playoffs will start Wednesday night next week. So it's, uh, it's going to be uh, turn over the key and uh, there you go. It's yours and move in. Uh, but uh, but I think they, th- th- this was the proper decision, and and I think you had to play those games just for the integrity of the schedule, bonuses, etc. Statistically, everybody's even. Uh, I, I think that was uh, well. I know uh, that uh, that was a, a major point of emphasis by by the commissioner. It's going to be awkward. It's going to be weird. Like Saturday, having a regular season game in the north with the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs. 
and and to the uninitiated, Adam, you, you may read some some storylines, some game reports, and you'll read the Washington one, and then you'll look to see why why doesn't Calgary have a one game to none lead against Vancouver? Well, because it's a regular season game, so it it, it 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 will be unique. And but I think we've learned to to roll with some punches here. Sure. Uh, what do you think is going to happen with? the Canadian teams in terms of the playoffs, and it could affect the Golden Knights uh, by the third round because we don't know exactly mm-hmm. who's going to play who uh, in the third round, but we have to find out. Uh, the NHL sounds like they've set a deadline of June 1st to know uh, you yeah. know, whether or not they'll be able to come back and forth, but what do you foresee happening? Do you think the Canadian government will allow it, or do you think it'll be a team playing in America uh, for the playoffs? Boy, when you look at the previous decisions by the Ontario government uh, and, and then the, uh, the Canadian, the federal government, uh, it, uh, I don't have a lot of optimism that, that there'll be some back and forth uh, between the border. And this is just strictly my opinion on this one. I'll give you some, some educated guesses uh, in a little bit uh, on, on this topic. But uh, when, when we saw the, the Raptors not allowed to go back and forth at all, uh, the Toronto Blue Jays playing, uh, playing in the United States, like, there's, there's not a lot of wiggle room there. And, and keep in mind, you can't even play golf in Ontario right now. It's locked. It's a forbidden activity. You get arrested if you play golf in Ontario right now. So the, uh, the, the thought that, that in two weeks' time uh, that, uh, that the Canadian government might be willing to, to make a decision or the Ontario government might be able to go, yeah, I think, I think we'll allow them to go back and forth. Uh, there'll be a lot of people uh, up in arms, like, okay, you'll allow that, but we couldn't golf. Uh, and I'm using that as the, the example for, for the, uh, just the ludicrous, uh, situation that, that, that's happening there. So, uh, I, I think that the, the Canadian winner, the North Division winner, will have to play the third in the, uh, the Stanley Cup final, uh, out of, uh, out of the United States. And there's, there's two options there. You can play, so if, I'll use Vegas as an example. If it's Vegas and, uh, Edmonton. Uh, they can put Edmonton in uh, Glendale as their home base, and you use that as a, a neutral site, and you, you probably import uh, a lot of the Edmonton Oilers game ops and et cetera, et cetera. Now, I have been in conversation with a couple of players that, uh, that play in Canada, and they've whispered to me that uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Why would we play in Glendale and travel back and forth why wouldn't we just play the games that are considered our home games in Vegas and just have our game ops pumped in through that and our game presentation presented with that and just not have any fans? Like why, why would we go through the process uh, of traveling when we don't have to travel? So that's, that's a little bit of a, a side point. I'll be curious whether that gets any traction or not. Well, wouldn't, I guess would the, wouldn't the concern be that there'd just be too many Vegas fans? Well, I don't think you'd allow fans uh, okay. for the for the home games uh, because there's. Uh, I'm not sure they'll allow fans if, if it's in Glendale because Vegas fans would, would travel there. You might right. just they, it might just be uh, one of those because they, they're not playing with any fans at all in Canada. Have it right. all year, and they're not going to now. So I think it'll be uh, it'll be uh, an empty rink uh, for the games that that the Canadian team uh, plays when it when it uh, gets to the third round. At at this point, that's my. That's my uh, what I'm led to believe right now. Fascinating, Darren Millard, always with the great information, and you can check him out uh, on the broadcast, on radio, on podcasts, like everywhere. Basically, you can uh, 
check out Darren Millar. Well, let's get into what is going on with the Knights. They've got this series coming up against Minnesota. Uh, why has Minnesota given them, given them so much trouble, and can the Golden Knights overcome that in this series? Well, I, I think Minnesota is uh, is a it's a challenging place to play. Like it's it's uh, it's a good environment, and and uh, it's it's not exactly one that uh, that I think in the last couple of years that has jumped out at you. Uh, while the while the Golden Knights have uh, have enjoyed their success, so I think that uh, that you get in there, it's a difficult place to play, and you're all you're usually in a road trip that's either on the front half or back half of going to Canada. Uh, so so you might be looking ahead or looking back. Uh, that's just uh, uh, sort of a, a twenty thousand feet uh, angle to it, but uh, but this year I, I can tell you that they're they're as dynamic of a team and a fun as fun team to watch. Uh, I said this at the very start uh, of the year after watching them a couple of times that uh, I will admit uh, and I will now again that I never look forward to watching a Minnesota Wild game or broadcasting sure. a Minnesota Wild game. It was one of those ones got through it. And uh, it was a tough. It was a tough one to sell storylines on, but uh, but even before Kaprizov got hot and got uh, and got going, you still had uh, had uh, an up tempo type style, and you had a heavy style. Uh, they had a new coach that uh, that's taken the reins of uh, of that team, and Dean Evison, who's changed the uh, the identity of of that club, and he has, especially with the uh, the scratching of Zach Parise. That is Dean Evison and Billy Garrett's team now. It's not. Zach Parise and uh, Ryan Suter's team any longer, and then you throw in Kaprizov. Uh, Joel Eriksson Eck has uh, had an outstanding season. Uh, they've got a really good back end, and they've got some goaltending. Uh, they're 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 a, a team that I think is built very much in the mold of uh, of the Vegas Golden Knights, but they have that that dynamic player that they've never had before. And with all due respect to Marion Gabrick. Uh, Kaprizov is on a different level than that. He's a he's a true game breaker. How disappointing should this week be for fans that they didn't get to win the President's Cup? They didn't get to see that hung in the, in the rafters, and that the Knights will not have number one uh, seed, not have home ice advantage against Colorado if they play. Like, how disappointing should that be, or how much should you look at this, this as? Hey, it was a great season. Uh, well, uh, first off, before we get too deep into this, you are at fault. Like, I blame you <laughs> for, for the Golden Knights not winning the President's Trophy and not winning the West Division. Was it your tweet not uh, last night that, that, that started the whole ball uh, rolling? Well, I mean, I, I don't think it was. Now, what I tweeted was, you know, after the Avalanche scored that first goal to tie it, I said, it seems like there's just a flood of goals coming the way this game is going and now that the Avalanche happened. finally have one. Uh, I don't think that had anything to do with it, though. I can, I can, I think that that was put up in the locker room uh, of the Avalanche. <laughs> said, "Look, Adam Hill said we got to score, and 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 they did." Um, uh, <laughs> I, I don't. I think there's disappointment. Uh, I, I don't think it's uh, crushing, but like last night, there was two banners on the line last night, Adam, and yeah. I don't care. Uh, whether you put a lot of stock in the, in the President's Trophy, whether you believe the jinx or not believe the jinx that uh, that teams have trouble winning when they win the President's Trophy, but like franchise historically, uh, you get bragging rights with that, and and you get two big banners to put up in your building. So uh, I, I'd be I'd be lying if if I said I wasn't disappointed that I wasn't looking forward uh, to uh, to the the Golden Knights being able to call themselves. 
uh, number one overall in the National Hockey League, having that uh, beautiful yeah, fragile trophy. You don't want to be throwing that thing around like the Stanley Cup. Uh, uh, it, it'll bust into a million pieces. But having that trophy and those two banners up there, uh, I think that uh, that was uh, that was something that the players wanted. Uh, the coaching staff certainly wanted. The management certainly wanted. That's there's there's a lot of teams that haven't won the Stanley Cup, and there's a lot of teams that have never even been in a position to win first overall. Uh, and uh, I think that would have been uh, a really special uh, opportunity. Uh, you, you're almost like you almost have a better chance of winning the Stanley Cup every year than you do winning the President's Trophy because there's so few teams that, that actually challenge to be uh, after an 82-game or this year 56-game schedule uh, to be near the top. Darren, we appreciate the time. What do you guys got coming up? Pete DeBoer at the top of the hour uh, will mm-hmm. pop on. Uh, the head coach uh, of the Golden Knights. So I'm looking forward to that. He usually takes one or two shots at me, so I'm curious to see what uh, what he will fire my way. What time is that at? 4.05. All right. Uh, Adam, if you want, you can uh, switch feeds at 4.05. Why don't you join the guys and see if you can get Pete to walk off? <laughs> Adam, they've got it. Troublemaker. Adam, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> it wasn't your question anyway, but I, I will mention to him that you instructed the Avalanche to score five in a row. <laughs> I didn't instruct. I just thought that's how the game was going. Jinx, the jinx. I'm a very, I'm a very astute observer of hockey, Darren. Yeah, you know, Adam, you and I have come a long way in our relationship from not knowing each other at all to me being able to blame you for everything. <laughs> I'll take it. it. Perfect. Thanks, Darren. <laughs> See you, boys. There he is, AT&T Sportsnet, Darren Millard. All right, we got something cool coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. It's your chance to win a VGK hat, a two-foot sub from Porta Subs, and two tickets to game two, Tuesday night, BGK and the Wild. But that is at about 520. Don't call now. 520, your chance on Cofield and company to win tickets to game two as the Knights take on the Wild. The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today. It's Cofield and Company. If you don't answer emails, you suck. Like, you're not even employable in my mind. I think the bottom line is we're all doing very well. Yes, very healthy. Very healthy. This is insane. Guys here every day. We've been doing a show together for like a better part of 15 years. You're like, eh, you gotta be careful around them. <laughs> don't want to irk them. Right, Ari? It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield. On ESPN Las Vegas. Crazy, crazy day. We'll try to get you updated on the latest with the NFL and the CDC and the mask stuff. Because that's going to change a lot in terms of work facilities, work conditions, and what the NFL is trying to get done during the offseason and heading towards the regular season. Today has been an insane day for the Broncos. So this one's going to have a ripple effect. Adam, what did the Broncos decide to do with Juwan James, who uh, was working out away from the facility about a week ago and tore his Achilles right tackle out for the season? And the question was, hey, are they going to pay this guy or not? And if they don't pay him, uh uh-oh. He's been cut. They're moving on. And he is going to give up about $21 million for the error of working out off-site uh, because it didn't happen at the team facility. And uh, 
it's certainly a story that has repercussions far beyond just him because this is something that the NFLPA has been pushing for of guys working out on their own and doing their own thing. And now uh, you're seeing, I think, some some players start to kind of look at it and say, wait a minute, this is not necessarily in our best interest if this is how it's going to go. If they can just cut us and not pay us when we get hurt, you know, we're working out to try to get back to the team and try to play with the team. And yet, you know, they are just looking at us and turning their backs on us just because we weren't at the team facility. And so this is really having an impact on this plan to, you know, kind of sit out, not go to the facility and kind of force changes uh, in the off season. So it's a, it's definitely something that, you know, players are looking at that I'm, I'm trying to, I'm actually looking at a tweet right now about uh, exactly the breakdown of what, Juwan James is going to lose because it was designated as a non-football injury. Um, Means all guarantees are voided. Uh, That was at least a $10.58 million guarantee. Uh, And with being off the team, uh, it doesn't appear, however, the Broncos are going to go after his $3 million prorated signing bonus. So he may be able to keep that. Uh, But just a a brutal loss for Juwan James. I mean, you know, he'll recover and you would think next year be able to sign somewhere, but Coming off an Achilles, that's a that's as bad as it gets for an athlete. And so I'm sure the value will be down. He's going to lose a lot of money because of this. Broncos can't catch a break, right? Yeah. Uh, they uh, they did. You know, they have plenty of wide receivers, so they worked out a deal uh, to trade uh, Deshaun Hamilton this morning. And they're going to move. They'll probably not get a whole lot for him, but they're, they've worked out a deal, and he's going to move on. Oh, except he tore his ACL working out off-site today. So that trade is not going to happen, and I assume they'll be able to cut him with an NFI as well. This is crazy. You know, if these guys are working out, and, you know, from every indication, Juwan James was, if they're working out to improve their football ability, you know, non-football injury is a little bit confusing, isn't it? I mean, non-on-the-field playing football in the regular season injury, yes, but if you're working at your craft and you have a devastating injury, I don't know if that's a non-football injury. Yeah, I would I would say that it's definitely not a non-football injury. Um, and I, you know, I would think that or I would hope that the Players Association would have had something worked out a little bit better that, hey, as long as they're working out doing football activities, whether it's on the site or not, they should be able to get, you know, you should be, have protections against being cut, but those don't exist right now. And so if you are going to tell players to not go to the facility, you're going to maybe have to tell them to not work out at all because this is not good for players at all to be in this spot. Now, I I kind of support what they're doing and understand what they're doing, but to not have a plan for this is bad. It's really bad. Coming up next, we got a great event coming to town uh, this weekend, Sunday to Tuesday, the 16th to the 18th. It's the 14th annual Coaches versus Cancer Golf Classic, and it's uh, held and put together by Lon Kruger, and uh, obviously Kevin Kruger is a big part of it. They've got dozens and dozens and dozens of coaches coming in to uh, party it up, raise money uh, for the American Cancer Society, golf on Monday and Tuesday, Shadow Creek, Southern Highlands. How cool is that? And one of the golfers, one of the coaches, one of the legendary coaches, and a big part of Coaches versus Cancer, Tubby Smith, is up next on Cofield and Company. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield and Co. 
You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield, Adam Hill, we're uh, tracking what's going on around the sports world, especially pertaining to the uh, big change yesterday from the CDC with the mask. Fully vaccinated folks, Adam Hill can be indoors without a mask. Now, the NFL has been trying to push folks to get to a certain level, each team to what? What's the number? 85% of the team or uh, the organization? What are the total numbers? Who's included in that group where they want to get to 85% vaccination before they allow the team to get back to uh, mostly normal operations? It'd be uh, tier one and tier two, which would be players, coaches, um, anybody who's around them. So if you have like one, uh, like I know in the NHL, it seems like there's one dedicated like PR person. Uh, you've got like support staff, uh, equipment people, training staff, that kind of uh, group. Anybody that's around and has access to the players would be considered in that tier. And you have to get to 85% of that group uh, in order to you know meet the next level, uh, which right now says anybody that's vaccinated, fully vaccinated, that means you know both of your shots uh, and then a 14-day period uh, after that uh, to, you know, to, to have it take effect, uh, we'll not have to wear masks any longer inside the facility, which is huge news for them. I know they're very excited about that and good for everybody. I hope, listen, I, I, I saw some people on Twitter saying earlier that, you know, I'm still, you know, saying that people should be wearing masks. Like, no, no, I've said for a while, people that are vaccinated should not be wearing masks. It's, it's the enforcement. It's the, how do you tell the difference? Like who who's gonna be in, who's in charge of this like wild wild west of like half the people can half the people can't who's in charge of that that's the problem. Kevin Seifert, who covers the NFL for ESPN, said uh, tweeted out a little while ago uh, referencing the uh, memo from the NFL: mask no longer required for NFL staff and players at team facility if they are fully vaccinated, effective immediately. If we're going glass half full, glass overflowing this should be another carrot for nfl players who have been leery about the vaccine to go and get the vaccine right you want to be part of the team you want the organization to be able to operate at a very normal level do you view this as a positive or does it actually create more problems because we saw the stuff yesterday from cole beasley who had it was like a day and a half ago cole beasley the bills receiver was going back and forth with people because he made a reference to not getting the vaccine, then Eddie did not plan on getting the vaccine, vaccine, uh, vaccine, and then you know was kind of making fun of the whole mask thing. What do you think a guy like that does, and what what happens if a team's got you know fifteen players, seventeen players who don't want to get vaccinated? Well, they're not going to be able to get over the eighty five percent limit. So, do you look at the news of the last day or so, and then the news today that hey, here's another carrot: get the vaccine, we can return to normal, no mask in the facility. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a very positive thing. If if indeed, like it's it's going to be enforced in that you know in that manner. If if around the NFL they're going to say, hey, teams that have this, you know, people that are vaccinated, you can walk around the facilities and you're fine, and you're at eighty five percent, you can relax all the standards. I think it's a really good move to say, hey, get on board or don't. But you know, you're going to have to follow the rules. You're going to have to still follow the rules if you're not going to get the shot. And again, that's a personal decision. But that just means you don't get to, you know, go back to normalcy the, the way everybody else does. And I, I would say, you know, 
you shouldn't be attending games and should be shouldn't be out in the public doing those things. If you want to if you want to exercise that right, totally right. Like nobody's going to come to your house and stick a needle in you. But you're going to stay at your house. Like that's that's going to be what the rules are. Or if you go out, you're going to have to wear masks and stay away from people. Uh but yeah, in in case of the NFL, yes, I think it's very good to say, "Hey, here is what happens when you do get the shot. If you get it and you get fully vaccinated, then you get to actually have a normal life again." It's you're right back to where you were before this all started. As long as you get that shot, I think that's good. And I think it should tell teams around the league and it should inspire them. I mean, you know, uh, Brandon Bean had the comment about basically, you know, the tiebreaker is we'd, we'd cut a player if they decided not to do it. Um, if, if they're close, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of pressure on these guys to get it done. All right, let's get into a little college basketball. Very important, very important. Uh, fundraising effort, coaches versus cancer. They've pushed beyond $7 million raised. Uh, this year it's the 14th annual golf tournament right here in town, hosted by Lon Kruger and one of the legends of coaching and a big part of coaches versus cancer. Tubby Smith is up with Cofield and Company in Vegas. How are you, Coach? Yeah, I'm well. How are we doing? We're good. We're good. What are you up to today? Yeah. And uh, I know yeah. you're, you're coming here. Are you here yet? When are you coming here? I'm coming tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow evening, and a lot of the coaches from around the country will be joining us to fight cancer, raise money to fight cancer. So we, we always look forward to, to coming to Vegas and, and, and being a part of this. Um, and, you know, Ron Kruger is one of the icons in college basketball and sports today. And when he actually to come do something, you do it, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why is, uh, why is it such a big thing for you, uh, fighting cancer? I mean, it, you know, it, it goes without saying we should be raising money, but yeah. everyone's got their different causes. Why is it close to home for you? Well, my, my my older sister passed away from cancer years ago, May Helen. So we've always and then I, uh, prostate cancer was I was diagnosed with prostate cancer while I was at University of Minnesota. So and then and then I knew everybody sort of knew um, Norm Stewart, who was who was the one that first initiated this coaches versus cancer. And then Jim Valvano's passing of cancer, who we all knew, you know, personally, and, and how it affected everyone, and especially coaches. Tubby Smith is with us. Um, you, know, you talked about Lon Kruger. You know, as one of the the legends of the game. Um, I don't know that he gets enough due for what he's done off the floor. Uh, on the floor, he's gotten some, but uh, he, he's a guy I think who uh, you know did it kind of yeah. quietly. But his record is pretty amazing. Well, it is. Uh, amazing, you know, and people don't uh, really can't appreciate what coaches do because it's not just X and O. And everyone loves the practices and coaches, you know, love X and O. But it's the other things that you have to get involved with in the community, and um, and certainly this is a worthy cause that the NABC, the National Association of Basketball Coaches, who we've been a member for thirty plus years. Um, this is our number one charity, but we, we donate to a lot of different things. We have a Tubby Smith Foundation that has donated money over the years to underprivileged kids, as a lot of coaches around America do. So, um, and we're always willing to get involved with any event that that um, that's going to lend itself to to making our community, making our cities, making our nation better. Awesome stuff. Uh, Tubby Smith is up on Cofield and Company. Uh, in terms of records, you guys actually uh, share the distinction. I think I have this right. 
Um, the only two coaches to take five different schools to the NCAA tournament. Talk about that yeah, and just yeah. how difficult it is to go into all these different schools. And build a program. It's just that we've had a lot of different jobs. <laughs> you know, high, achie- high achievers at a lot of spots. I don't know. You know, I was fortunate enough to be at, at Tulsa where, you know, basketball is, is, you know, where a guy like Nolan Richardson won an NIT championship and, and kind of set a standard there at Tulsa. And then, Moving on to Georgia, where I followed the great Hugh Durham, and you know he had established a pretty good program there, even though it kind of tailed off at the end. But what I'm saying, I what I'm saying to you is, I left Georgia, went to Kentucky, then from Kentucky to Minnesota, Minnesota to Texas Tech, and the Memphis. So we've we've been in some pretty good situations uh, as far as um, basketball um, you know, it is is being one of the top programs in each of those institutions. So uh, that's been a big help. And Lon Kruger, you know, I think he was at Pan American and Illinois, Florida, Oklahoma. Where else was he? But he, he went the NBA route. That's the one thing yeah, that I look back and say, well, maybe I should, maybe giving that a try. But he did a great job wherever he's been. Yep, yep. Uh, throw in their UNLV, throw in their Kansas State. UNLV, I'm sorry, UNLV. I didn't mean yep, yep, yep. I wasn't trying to slight you folks out in New York, <laughs> Vegas, okay, because I'm going to be there for the next few days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Believe me, we, we missed the era. Uh, we missed the era a lot because uh, he took the Rebels to the tournament a bunch, and now his son. I mean, this is really cool. His son's getting, a, you know, a chance a little bit early probably. Uh, but, yep. you know, he's a prodigy, and now Kevin's running the program. Well, he'll do a great job, too. Kevin is an outstanding Young man, I played golf with him a couple times out in this golf tournament. In fact, the last time we played, and he and I we played together with his assistant coach there from from uh, Oklahoma. I think he said no, he's at Vegas at the time. So, uh, and so we're really looking forward to seeing him. I know he has a a, a baby, a child now, so that's that's one thing he's. Uh, so I know that that's one thing. Lon Kruger and, and they've been looking forward to is just hanging out and spending time with the grandbabies. And, um, and that's kind of, you know, his retirement, I'm sure those are things he can concentrate on this, on fundraising for cancer and probably for Oklahoma as well and for Vegas and everywhere he's been. Like you said, he's been at five <laughs> different schools. And it's just, you know, like, well, Coach, you, you talk about all the, all, all the programs that you've been a part of and uh, all the great success you've had. How rewarding has it been for you to be back at your alma mater at High Point and and to you know to to be able to just you know re embrace your roots like that. You no, know, it's it's interesting because you know, you know we weren't that great a team when I was here to start with, but uh, the era before me and then after me as you know to replace you know because I've been a part you know supportive of the program for years now. We replaced an outstanding coach in Scott Cherry. Um, you know we were let go at at Memphis, so. Um, our president, Nito Cobain, who's just an outstanding, extraordinary leader and, and president, has transformed this university into one of the top uh, schools in the country, to be honest with you. And um, we're building a new arena. It's going to seat about 4,500, and it's going to have a hotel and the Mariano and Nito Cobain um, arena. So it's it was good to come back. And then to partner with my son, Gigi. In fact, yeah. today I'm right here with my grandbabies right now. They're going to come over today, and they're getting ready to leave. Bye-bye. <laughs> Love you guys. Bye-bye. See you later. <laughs> they're just on their way out the door now. So that's the beauty of being back here in North Carolina. Because 
Gigi, my oldest son, Orlando Guffrey Gibson, who played for me at Georgia, they live nearby, and he's my associate head coach. So I'm sort of in that same boat where Kevin and, and Lon Kruger, you know, Lon, you know, Kevin was with him for a while at um, at Oklahoma, then he went to Vegas. So yeah, I'm hoping that, that Gigi will have another opportunity to be a head coach um, again because he was at Loyola. Yeah. Well, will will you be coaching the grandkids at some point? I doubt it. <laughs> they're only ten. They're like ten and seven. No, <laughs> I'd like to though. In fact, we're in the backyard. I was just coaching them. Then we're playing basketball. We're just playing soft baseball because he's playing baseball now. So I was hitting to him and throwing some. So it's that's what it's about. This it's all about family, and that's what we've always tried to establish over the years. Whether it was, you know, we we. My wife has always been involved with with the basketball team, having coached my son Gigi at Georgia and and Saul at Kentucky. It's always been a family affair. Coach, I I, I want to go back a couple of years. You you have a major impact on the UNLV basketball program indirectly uh, when you left Texas Tech and went to Memphis. Oh and, boy! Uh, and oh Chris, boy! Oh boy! Chris Beard leaves. We're, we're, I, it's, it's not obviously. It's, it's, listen, you made your decision, and that's what you did. But how, how, like, how close was that to not happening? Like, were you always, you know, always interested in that job? Like, I, I guess, just was there ever a chance that you weren't going to take that job, and that UNLV history would have been different? UNLV, yeah, because Chris Beard leaves UNLV to go how to Texas that? Tech. You're right. How about that? Yeah, it would yeah. be strange because I would have never. You know, we. You know, Memphis made a pretty good offer, and we decided to make that move. And Chris Beard leaves after what two weeks? Yeah, yep. To come, to come back to to Texas Tech. Hey, yeah. well, we got about three three guys got jobs. You know, when you make that move like that, yeah. a lot of people, you know, a lot of dominoes start to fall. And um, and so Chris and I have been friends for a long time. I'm happy for him that he's moved. He done a magnificent job at, at Texas Tech, taking him to the Final Four. And uh, he'll do great things at Texas as well. But I, you know, you know my boy Joe Esposito. I thought you were getting oh, to yeah. him because he. No. <laughs> yeah. What's Joe going on? Uh, no, he was it. Huh? I was. I was going to say, what's going on with the TBT? He's uh, he's going to coach uh, Tubby Time. You got a bunch of Minnesota. Yeah, well, he says he is. I got to, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I hope, I hope we can put together a good team. I guess he can put together a good team. That'll be that'll be interesting. I've, uh, I know Jim Beheim. They have a team that in it, and and he, you know, Joe. And some of the players from Minnesota and all over that we've had the good fortune to be a, to know and coach um, decided they wanted to do something like this. So I go, okay, I'll, I don't mind. I'm, I'm, I'm honored that they would do something like that. You're going to give Coach Joe a big head talking and shouting him out on here. We can't. We I can't know do he's that. the guy. Joe Esposito is the man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you we better put together a good team because your name's on the team. So there's some pride there. <laughs> you, better, you better believe it. Exactly. <laughs> So right, he's coach, he's well, got me making calls now. He wants me to call the oh, top really? players that I coach. He, I think he wants to get Rajon Rondo and Jody Meeks and yeah. people like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Well, we know you're leaving soon for Vegas. Enjoy your time here. And, uh, again, the Vegas community is big on Coaches versus Cantor and Lon Kruger, and we're glad you're part of the event. Well, thank you for having us. It's always a special time when we come to Vegas, Okay. Thanks, Thanks, Coach. Coach. We got to keep fighting. We got to defeat this cancer somewhere or way or another, okay? Yes, sir. No doubt. Thank you. No doubt. Thank you. Thanks, Coach. Yeah, you can go to cancer.org to donate. Uh, Coaches versus Cancer, this tournament is in its 14th year. 
has raised over $7 million. They expect to uh, push past $7.5 million. And, uh, yeah, they've got a big party on Sunday night. got golf on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, it's actually being hosted this year by uh, Park MGM, moving over from uh, the MGM Grand. And uh, in the field of golfers, uh, not only the retiring Lon Kruger, but also Roy Williams which is very cool. So Roy Williams is part of it. And you're talking about dozens and dozens and dozens of coaches who are a big part of coaches versus cancer all year long, descending upon Vegas. So we'll, we'll maybe we'll get a chance to talk to one of them next week, but uh, hell of a tournament and also great job by DJ Allen. Who's a big part of setting this thing up. Coaches versus cancer golf tournament in town, 14th year. They're doing it. You can donate at cancer.org. Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota.